Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We're talking about a new series, a new theme this month called Help Wanted, about the job situation or a country, about what a privilege it is to serve the Lord. Today's message is called Cultivating Excellence. We're talking about it. You know, the Bible says that our God is an excellent God. How excellent is your name, Lord, in all the earth? His reputation is sterling, pristine. He's a God of excellence. And as King David prepared to set his son Solomon to take the throne, 1 Chronicles 28 is where we're going to begin from the New Living. Verse 9 says this, And Solomon, this is, this is David speaking to his son to set him up, to prepare him. He said, And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Boy, isn't that, isn't that a great word instead of religiously? Learn to get, to get to know the Lord of your ancestors intimately for yourself. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. And if you seek him, you'll find him. But if you forsake him, he'll reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. So be strong and do the work. Everybody say, do the work. Do the work. Be strong and do the work. And then verse 20, David continued. He said, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Every generation has to have that encounter with God for themselves. Every person, every individual. Doesn't matter how great your grandmama prayed. Doesn't matter your mom and dad, that's awesome. But you have to have your own relationship and David passed that heritage to his son. Look, you got to get to know God like I got to know God intimately. Now, once Solomon reigned for a while, you know he became the wisest man that ever lived. Second Chronicles chapter 9 tells a, a great passage, verse 1. It says, now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions, having a, great, a very great retinue, which I, I was thinking, what, what's a retinue? It's kind of an old Bible word. It just means entourage. She had, a, he, she had a great retinue. She had a great entourage, camels that bore spices, gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. Wow. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our hearts? and grant us the wisdom of Solomon to see what you're saying and doing and to activate it within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we had a lot of fun. If you missed it last week, if you were, I uh, hope you had a good vacation at, on Labor Day weekend. We had one service for Labor Day weekend, kind of marked the uh, unofficial end of summer. And uh, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun last week. If you didn't get to see it, please be please look online. You can find it. Uh, check out our podcast if you missed it. We make it real easy to listen to. 
uh, wherever you get your podcasts, okay? But we presented some foundational principles about working in the modern world and what's going on kind of right now in our job market. No matter what you believe about the end times, one thing is certain. We're called to occupy our communities and possess our promised land for God. That's what we're called to do, right? These words in Jeremiah, excuse me, in Joshua were not supposed to be to, to, to put us on the defensive, but to live our lives proactively, occupy. Occupy is about, is about, it's not about domination, but it's about dominion. It's about taking charge. It's about being proactive and not reactive. We got to get rid of the hold the fort till Jesus comes mentality and choose to live on offense. We, God's church, are supposed to be the invading force in this world. We're the occupying force. The devil's not the occupier. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. This is, this is, this is God's world. This is God's world. The enemy took the keys from Adam, but Jesus took the keys back and gave them to the church. You have the keys today. What are you doing with your authority as a believer? We're the light, we're the salt, we're the city of a hill, city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We have the spirit of Joshua and we are united around the things of God. Now today we're talking about cultivating a spirit of excellence. And it really is an atmosphere, it's an attitude forming more creativity and diligence in the wisdom of God in the marketplace. We'll say at the outset, God is creative. How do we know? The very first thing that God revealed about himself in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and God created the earth. The first thing God revealed about himself in the word is that he created, he's a creator. He has creativity in him and the Bible says we were created in his image and likeness and now have that spirit of creativity within us. We have that opportunity to be creative. Creative is right in our mission statement, building a relevant creative church, empowering people to reach others. It's all about letting the spirit of God move the way he wants to move through us. You have God's anointing of creativity working within you, even if you don't realize it, even if you don't tap into it. It may be an untapped resource, but you have creativity in you, in your life, and in the workplace. Thanks for that overwhelming response. So a lot of people, they, they think creativity is about being able to draw or being able to sing or, you know, artistry in something, some of the normal ways we see it. But artistry, creativity is an anointing from God that dwells in you to have answers to situations that come up at work or at home. That's where we're going with this today, okay? God is creative and you have an anointing of creativity within you. How do I know? Because you've survived the last year and a half and you're still here. That's called resilience. How many times have you had to pivot? How many times have you had to change your plans? How many times have you had to adjust? How many times were you gonna get together with somebody only to find out that they may have been exposed to somebody who may have been exposed to somebody who may have been exposed to the virus? And so you just said, well, uh, I guess, you know, I mean, we've had birthday parties where people just drive up. We had baby showers, we had, we had our, 
our granddaughter's first birthday a few weeks ago, and they did a drive-up party for her. So people that wanted to come could come, but they just came, and she came out and said hello at the car and showed them her pretty dress and, and did what she did. But we, you had to adjust. You have to, you had to, we had to find a way. And it was only fitting because in her baby shower last year for my daughter, it was a drive-up baby shower. So why not have a first birthday drive-up party? You've got to pivot. You, if you're a person who is really stuck and stodgy and very regimented and you need it it's like this, I do this on Monday and I do this on Tuesday and I do this on Wednesday. God help you the last year and a half. You must be freaking out. You must be really uptight. Otherwise, maybe you finally actually surrendered and stopped being so OCD. Maybe you actually have said, okay, I've learned, like Paul the Apostle said, in whatsoever situation I am, there would to be content. When stuff happens, you can either cry about it and lay on the floor and you know, curl up in a ball in a fetal position and suck your thumb, or you can find a way through. Well, I think I'm in the presence of people and people that are watching today. You're the overcomers. You're the one, you, you have made it. You have adjusted. Guess what? We'll keep adjusting. We don't know what the, what, what, what the world holds. We don't know what the enemy's trying to do. We pray God exposes it before it can happen. We navigate through disappointments. We adjust to situations. And we as Christ followers keep our eyes on him and stop worrying about everything else in the periphery. It doesn't matter. Was it Zig Ziglar said years ago, don't sweat the small stuff. And then his second statement was, it's all small stuff. It's all small stuff. Our God inspires excellence. Excellence accelerates everything you touch in a positive way. In the book of Daniel, he comes up in a corrupt system, is promoted in a corrupt government, in a corrupt system in the world. He's not even living in Israel. He's living in Babylon. And then Persia takes over and he adjusts. And he's known in all the world, in all that sphere of the world, he's promoted within the system. They know he's a Hebrew. They know he loves God, but they can't hold him back. And they kept saying this over and over again. You can read the book of Daniel. They kept saying, this man has an excellent spirit. He has an excellent spirit. A spirit of excellence is in this guy. There's something about him. You may not, may or may not be celebrating today, but it is a national holiday. Besides 9-11, it's the first day of NFL football season. <laughs> first Sunday. I'm just thinking about Tom Brady. I, you know, when he was with the Patriots, I was not a fan. But with the Tampa Bay Bucks, I'm TB12, baby, all the way. <laughs> and my thought is, you know, I'm just kind of reflecting on some stuff, watching him on Thursday night win a game over the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm thinking like, so what 
motivates a 44-year-old man to play his 22nd season with mostly guys that are half his age. You know, they, call, they must call him Pops or Grandpa or something, you know. I mean, he started at 22 out of the University of Michigan, and, and then he comes out. Here he's, he's 44, and he has no plans to quit. No plans to quit. And I'm thinking like, so what is it that keeps him going at 44 with, with, what does he have, seven Super Bowl rings already? It ain't the money. His wife makes more than he does. It's not fame. What is it? And I heard one of his teammates say, this guy's amazing because he just keeps pushing us to grow, to learn, and to become more excellent. Oh my gosh. Driven by a spirit of excellence. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, at this point, he may be playing when he's my age. I'd love to see this guy you know, out there, you know, okay, he's, he, he may drop back a little, little smaller steps. He might activate something or hurt of something when he throws the ball. But you gotta root for somebody that wants to keep going, even if they're not your quarterback. You gotta respect somebody who's still got the, do you know how, do you, I mean, I, I, we, we walked with Trey Burton through a lot of football seasons. I don't think he's playing this year in the NFL, but uh, we, we were there with some of the NFL games where Trey was, I, I, he drove me back to his place one time in New Jersey when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles and he had hurt his ribs and he had, he had ice all over taped around his body and he's driving on down. I said, you, you sure you won't let me drive? No, no, I'm fine. I do this all the time. <laughs> ice baths, torturous things. I don't know how you keep pushing your body. I mean, but there's something inside. What if that anointing of excellence drove us to keep growing in Christ, to keep be, to, to, to say, okay, I, I, I understood intimacy with the Holy Spirit, but I want more. I want more of the presence of Jesus in my life now than I did yesterday. What if we still had that within us? In the story of Solomon, the queen of Sheba, we clearly see how the world responds to a testimony of excellent work. Solomon was literally become, had become the most famous man in all the world. And people came from far and near. The queen of Sheba came with this entourage and not only did she come when she saw his productivity, she was drawn, she was enamored with it, she was amazed by it. She brought enough gold and silver to bless him. He already had all the gold and silver he would want, but she brought, I read something recently, what she brought was equivalent today of like $2 billion worth of gold in modern market, $2 billion worth of gold. She came to bring it as a gift to meet the man with the spirit of God working through his life. 
And it says in the, the Message Bible, 2 Chronicles 9, 3, through 3 and 4 says this. <clears throat> now when the queen of Sheba experienced for herself Solomon's wisdom and saw with her own eyes the palace he had built, so he built something, the meals that were served, the impressive array of court officials, the sharply dressed waiters, the cupbearers, and then the elaborate worship, extravagant with whole burnt offerings of the temple of God, it all took her breath away. The King James says there was no more spirit in her. The parent chief translation says it rocked her world. She was blown away when she saw the detail, the thoughtfulness, the plan, the implementation and execution. These people didn't dress like this even under David. There were systems and structures and, and, and relationships and management structures in place to bring, a, to bring glory to God. That's the, the bottom line is Solomon wanted to glorify God. Remember when God said, tell me, anything you want, your offerings have drawn me to you, God says, I am moved by your sacrifice. Say anything you want and it's yours. Solomon could have asked for money. He could have asked for fame. He could have asked for any material thing, but he said, I want the heart of wisdom to lead your people. And God said, because you've asked for this, I'm gonna give you everything else besides. Why? Because when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you anyway. It's the same principle. Consider the administration of Solomon, everything with precision, all to proclaim the glory of God, all to put it on display. I want you to know that your work life speaks. Your work life, your marketplace life, your, your life out there in the trenches, your life, your 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hour weeks, your life speaks. It says something about you and it says something about the way you believe God is. Solomon's expertise became widely known. Medicine, architecture, construction, art, poetry, Romance, military weapons and strategy, ornithology. He, he, he did extensive studies. History tells us he did extensive, extensive studies of birds because he wanted to understand the intricacies of things and how they flew. He served both as judge and king. One of the greatest things we should seek to emulate in the wisdom of Solomon is problem solver. Remember the story of the two women fighting over the baby? And Solomon said, okay, bring somebody with a knife. We're gonna cut the baby right in half. Give you each half. And the real mother said, no, 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 let her have him. And he said, give her to this one. This is the real mother. Wisdom, problems solved. Imagine if you were known at work as a genuine problem solver with God's wisdom. Imagine if you had answers 
to questions that they're, that they're looking for. Imagine if you were the one that had something to offer instead of just going in and working your job and then going home. Imagine if you were the one offering that anointing of creativity and excellence and utilizing it to build your boss's business. But how do you cultivate the spirit of excellence? First of all, you have to have your own personal growth and development plan. You have to, you have, to have a plan. You have, to, you have to desire to grow. If you're satisfied with everything status quo, you'll never have excellence. If you're, if, you're, if you're here and you're happy with your nine to five and going through the motions and just kind of existing without real purpose in your work life, there's nothing anybody can do to change that. You have to want to grow. You actually have to desire, you have to pray, Lord, give me a desire to grow. Give me a desire to grow. We, here we do next steps. And yes, it's about membership. It's not just about membership. It's about growing in grace and discovering things about God in your walk with him. This is not a, a, a beginner's class for people that have never been to church. It can be, but it can also be somebody who's been to church for years, but says, you know what? There's more that I don't know about God than what I do know because he's infinite. You have to evaluate. To cultivate the spirit of excellence, you have to evaluate. You have to look into your own heart with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna give you just a, a few thoughts. First, take a fresh look at what you're doing. What? Take a fresh look at what you're doing. One of the great frustrations as a young pastor in training for me was the careless attitude many Christians had toward the local church. When in the, in the first building we had down the road, we had a, we, we needed a new sound booth. <clears throat> you know, kind of a, this, this is like mission control compared to what we had there. It was just a little box. But we had guys come together to build it. And we were going to hire somebody. And, and people came together and said, look, I can do it. We can do it in the church. So a few guys got together. <clears throat> and they started working on the sound booth. And... Um, when we came in to see the finished product, I don't know how to say this, but it was just, it was just sloppy. It was just kind of thrown together. It just, it, it wasn't finished right. It didn't look great. And I talked to the, the main guy and I was so thankful for all, I mean, we're so thankful for volunteers. Everything we do here, we rely on volunteers. But somebody told me back then, free isn't always cheap. And this, is, this proved to be the case with this one. So I said to the guy, I said, listen, what about this over here? And you know, what about putting something there and just making it look nice? He goes, oh, pastor, it's just the church. He said, not many people are even gonna see this. And I thought, you and I do not share the same philosophy about church. We might not have a cathedral here, but we've got the best we can do for now. When we did the, the bathrooms remodeled a few years ago, th they needed remodeling, I promise you. But we had a team of guys get together on that one and they all shared the spirit of excellence. And the project manager got in there and said, look, we want this to look like the finest bathrooms equal to what the newest restaurant or the newest hotel has in Ocala. Because 
we realize that people, people are, are, are looking, they're judging what they're thinking about God and judging what they think about this church way before they ever hear Pastor Lindsay hit the first note, way before they ever hear the word preached. They come in and they look at how their children are received. Do people make them feel welcome? And are the bathrooms clean? It's a basic thing, but it's, it's human nature. We're so hoping for the day when we can actually put even the outside, when we get the legacy building done, we wanna get the outside of this building redone to match it so we just get that warehouse look off so you can see the excellence of what we really have inside. People that come in here from outside are kind of blown away because they look at our building, what it looks like outside and say, well, it doesn't look like much. They come in here and they see the technology, the investment. Excellence, greatest definition I ever heard, still use it all the time. Excellence is simply this, doing the best you can with what you have where you are now. Doing the very best you can with what you have where you are now. Why do I say it that way? Because excellence, people try to put a dollar sign on it. I can't afford excellence. No, 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 no. Excellence personally can be as, as inexpensive as a bar of soap. Excellence is the way you carry yourself. It's how you feel about God and you. It's an attitude, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spirit, it's an, it's an anointing, it's something from God in you, from the Holy Spirit. How do you present yourself? God may look at the heart, but man looks at the outward appearance, let's face it. And we're trying to, we want God here, but we're trying to attract people too. Excellence is not a matter of money. We've always focused, in this church, we've used the term functional excellence. Functional excellence. In other words, we're not trying to, we're not trying to do gold embossed angels on the ceiling. We're not trying to make this look like Solomon's temple. <clears throat> we're not trying to put in PUs, emphasis intended. We're, not, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to do the best we can with what we have where we are now and utilize our resources to help other people. We want nice buildings, but we don't want cathedrals. So you have to take a fresh look at what you're doing. Second, you have to take a fresh look at why you're doing it. Motivation, we touched last Sunday on the money situation. Money can't be the only factor. Although money is important too. First, First Timothy 5 and 18 says this, <clears throat> for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. In other words, if you're working hard, you should be paid well. If you're out there doing your job, you should expect a decent wage. You should expect to be blessed for what you do. It's scriptural. Yes. It's scriptural. I remember, I remember that when, saying to my wife, I think I was telling Travis last week, we were talking after church, and, and I remember very vividly when I was in the insurance business, and I had this, I knew I was called to preach, but the door wouldn't open. And I was so frustrated, and I, I was so burdened by lost souls and the thought of being able to preach the word and being able to minister to people, that I, I, I remember one time I, I 
when the door, we had a disappointment. We thought a door was opening, it didn't open. And I laid across my wife's lap and I started to cry. And I just said, I said, honey, if, if God wants to be in ministry, he's got to open the door. If he doesn't, he needs to take this thing out of my chest. Take this feeling, this drive within me for people and souls, because I can't take it anymore. Within a few weeks, the door opened. A totally different door, by the way. An, a, a first door. Later, I could see the wisdom of God, but not at that moment. And I remember saying to my wife, I don't care about the money. If God will take care of our family, I'll serve him for nothing. I know I've got to provide for you, for the kids. So I know there's got to be something in it, but I don't care about that. I'm ready to just quit and just work for God until he opens the door. Well, God says, if you don't work, you don't eat. There's a rub there. There's a, there's the, you're responsible for what you're responsible for. And God guided us through that way. I read a recent article this week about the post-COVID job market, a secular article, about the post-COVID job market. They said the job market has completely changed. There's a huge shift that's happened in the last 18 months in America and around the world. The more time people worked from home, the more they realized how important family time at home actually was and is. Large numbers of people have realized deep dissatisfaction with jobs that have no clear mission. Without purpose, money is meaningless. So what's happening is there's a whole shift now in the world where people said, okay, I'll stay home and do my job. And they did their job. And now they're, whatever, they're, whatever they've been selling or producing or talking on the phone about or purchasing, whatever, when they don't see the purpose of it anymore, when it doesn't excite them anymore, and they see the value of more time with their kids, there's been a huge shift of people changing careers. Huge numbers. Massive. I didn't even realize. I read this article. Massive numbers of people even in, and especially in big cities. They're moving out of the big cities. That's why they're, well, you know, they're all moving to Florida. <clears throat> Florida and Texas. So people are dissatisfied. But it's, what's happened is they realized through COVID, they lost the meaning, the satisfaction of what that job used to do for them. Jesus said it this way, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his own soul? Quite simply, money can't buy happiness. And the words of John Lennon and Paul McCartney, money can't buy me love. Although I did hear one guy say, it may be able to get you close to the right neighborhood. That's a joke. As a Christ follower, what's a greater mission than glorifying God? The cause of Christ, his kingdom, and the furtherance of the gospel. We gotta get our want to back 
by seeing the why behind the what again. What's our motivation? What's our motivation for coming to church? Why do we wanna be together? Why is the gathering together of called out ones to action so powerful around the cause of Christ? Because in that we find purpose and meaning. We find that helping people is the essence of what we do. We get our hearts back and then we wanna do it better and do it well. So you gotta take a fresh look at what you're doing. Take a fresh look at why you're doing it. Third, you gotta care about who you work for. Who you work for. Loyalty and respect go a long way. I say it this way, bosses are people too. You may be a manager and you may be thankful for that. You may own a business, you may be thankful. Bosses are people too. They need dependable, diligent, and disciplined workers. So you wanna be loyal to the owners, the bosses. You wanna be loyal, you wanna care about who you work for, but also don't forget about the customer or client. I think a lot of times we lose sight of, there used to be an adage in retail, the customer is always right. Right now the world is upside down. We forgot about people. And ultimately, we serve God. Ephesians 6, 5, listen, just found this recently from the Passion Translation. We're gonna put it on the screen for you to read. It's powerful, look at this. I'm almost done, by the way. Those who are employed should listen to their employers. This is Bible. Those who are employed should listen to their employers. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thanks for that. See, your heart wasn't in it. You said it, but you didn't really mean it. Those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your hearts as though you were working for the master. Always do what is right and not only when others are watching so you may please Christ as his servants by doing his will. Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our Lord whether you're an employee or an employer. How can it be any clearer? Care about who you work for because at the end of the day, you're working for Jesus no matter who signed your paycheck. You're you're working for him and he's watching and working with you, the Holy Spirit working with you if you invite him to. Give your best time energy, effort, and enthusiasm. Let me ask you a question. Would you want you as an employee? (laughs) Would you want you? Would you want you? You you know what you're like at the water cooler or when nobody else is watching. Put yourself in the boss's shoes once in a while. The word says in serving others, you're actually working for Jesus Christ himself. Finally this, care about who you work with. So care about who you work for, 
but also care about who you work with. This is how you develop excellence. It takes love and compassion to work. I don't know about you, but I work with humans. My job is working with humans. Boy, humans can be exhausting sometimes. Amen. Go back to last week if you didn't get to see it because I already mentioned it. In the marketplace, kindness goes a long way. Kindness. Huh. You know what that is? You know what courtesy and kindness is? It's simply respecting somebody and looking at them in the eye when you're talking to them with a smile in your heart and a smile in your face trying to help them solve a problem. Paul the Apostle occasionally worked as a tent maker to support his own ministry. He met some of his most trusted lifelong friends and ministry colleagues at his regular job. Take a few minutes sometime and read 1 Corinthians 16 or read some of the greetings and salutations of Paul the Apostle. He's like, say hi to Stephanitis and Epaphroditus and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Termititis or whatever. You know, say, say, say hello, greet these. This one meant this to me. This one encouraged me. This one fed me. This one drove me around. Think, listen, tell those people how much they meant to me. This is Paul the Apostle. Some of his salutations took longer than some of the sermons. He goes on and on and on. <clears throat> the marketplace, my friends, is about people. If you can get around people, you'll discover your mission and find the deeper meaning of your purpose. If you can get around people and not lose your mind, you'll find purpose. We've all walked into a restaurant or store and felt invisible sometimes. Question if they even want my business. Can I ask you a favor at Now Church? Whether you're here or whether you're online, whatever it is, can you please help us make sure that no one feels invisible at Now Church? Amen. And that is, well, well uh, why don't you say hi to that person? Well, I'm not a greeter. I W greeter. You're, you're, you're officially a greeter. I, 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 I give all of you the sign of the cross. You're all... Greeters now, you're greeters online, you're greeters, you're greeters, you're greeters, officially. Why did I say Because somebody is coming up that has never been here before every Sunday. They don't know a soul, they don't know where to go, they don't know what to do, they're already nervous. All it takes is somebody to say, hey, how are you today? How's it going? Now, Please say something like, I'm sure you've been here before, but we haven't met. Because here's the problem. A lot of times you say, is this your first time here? And they go, no, I've been here for 37 years. But anyway, <laughs> and we've only been here 31 ourselves. See, that's the embarrassment. You don't want to do that. So you want to phrase it right. Is this your first time? Don't say, is this your first time here? Because they're going to say, no, I've been here for three years. Where, where were you, you idiot? You know, where, where were you? Not paying attention. So you want to say, Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Just care. If you don't love people, you can't win them. God so loved the world that he gave. Build relationships with coworkers. Pray for them privately. Pray for them without them knowing about it. And in the moment where they have a need, they'll be telling you something and asking you for help. 
Pray for them in secret. God will reward you openly. You know who you pray for extra? The ones that irritate you the most. The ones that act like they hate Christians. Their dad or mom was just offended because they got their feelings hurt at church one day or over a period of years and it filtered down. The Bible says the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. We all, listen, if you're looking for an opportunity to be offended, you can find one before you get into your car. But if you're looking for an opportunity to love, work through, and put your best foot forward, you can have that right now. Much of the business world today has lost its edge of excellence because it's forgotten about valuing people. Even with all the catchy slogans and marketing machines, the commercials that say one thing doesn't mean it's true. God's people already have his spirit inside of us though. And as David said to Solomon, be strong and do the work. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Father, we love you. We need you. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. Move in this church. Move in this time. Change us into the image of God. Put that creativity. Awaken that creativity that's already invested in us as your followers. Awaken that enthusiasm again. Help us to care like the woman at the well cared for her city. Help us to care about the other people around us this week at work. Let us be listening for their needs. Make us intercessors to pray in our private time for those we work with. Let us be vessels of light, agents of love, moving in your power. Father, forgive us for forgetting about people that you love so much. Lord, the angry ones around us are the most hurting. Would you help us to find ways as Solomon did with the Queen of Sheba to penetrate through all of that noise and all of that junk with a spirit of excellence in all that we do. Help us to be strong. to finish the work you've given to us. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. I just wanna close with this to pray for you. If you have a need, maybe you're home, maybe you're here. I've known a lot of people that were in business or sales before they got saved. And then they gave lives to the Lord and they always had a problem with seeing their work life submitted and anointed by God. They kind of, a lot of people have this very separate thing about their job. Well, God got me the job, now I gotta go work the job. Yeah, you do, but I want you to know that God wants to be CEO of your company. He wants to be the chief sales officer if you're in sales. He wants to be He wants to partner with you in your job. He wants to empower you to do it. He wants to give you the grace, the resource, the promotion, the finance, 
guide you through the disappointment. He wants to be with you in the job. He doesn't want that to be a separate thing. It's not like church is Sunday and work is Monday through Friday. No, no, no. It's all about all of your life. So a lot of people have trouble surrendering. I want to invite you in this moment to surrender your work life, your destiny, your purpose. Some of you retired folks, surrender your reason for being afresh to God, to find that new purpose in this season, that new purpose in this time, because our God is a God of fresh beginnings. He's a God of new days. If you surrender to him, he can give you a fresh start. If you're here today and you're needing a fresh start, whether it's on your job or maybe, maybe morally in your own heart, whatever it is, if you're in need of a fresh start, whether you're here, whether you're at home, would you just lift your hand up right now real quick? Just, re- just lift your hand up. I'm gonna pray for you right now. I'm gonna pray for all of you. God sees you. God knows you. Lord, I pray for all those whose hearts are open, <clears throat> whose hands are raised and lifted before you whether in this room or connecting with us around the world online, I just pray right now for a fresh beginning, a fresh beginning at school, a fresh beginning at work, a fresh beginning in relationships, a fresh beginning, a clean beginning, a righteous beginning, a a fresh start, God. You, You make all things new and you make all things beautiful in their time. Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God of the fresh start, would you come? And give that and the spirit of excellence to all of your people. Let them be overcomers and conquerors this week. As they go back to work tomorrow or whenever they go report to their job, let them carry your love and your anointing and the anointing to be creative, to adjust and to have creative ideas and answers that blow people's minds that say, their God must really be the God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get something today? I want you to put your hands together and bless the Lord real quick. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.